0: now that the draft is over what jobs are up for grabs here in carolina i'll tell you right here on locked on panthers you are locked on panthers your daily carolina panthers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I'm back on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. We are still taking inventory of what the Carolina Panthers did in the 2023 NFL draft over this past weekend. And we'll be doing that throughout the week as we look at the state of the Panthers roster and try to evaluate what positions still need some extra help. But positions are the strongest. And where do the Panthers stand here in the NFC South post-draft heading into the OTA's mandatory minicamp portion of of the offseason here in 2023. So today, let's look at the depth chart. We looked at the depth chart a week ago going into the draft and what positions needed to be addressed. And we've seen that the Panthers got a quarterback. That was the number one need and went out there and got Bryce Young number one overall. They needed a wide receiver. They brought in Jonathan Mingo. They could add to the offensive line. I was thinking tackle. They were thinking guard in Chandler Zavala from NC State. And hey, I'm here for it because he's going to bring some competition to the interior of that offensive line. Went out there, got some guy in the secondary and Jamie Robinson who can play safety, also can play nickel. That was a position that they lost once Miles Hartsfield left to go to San Francisco following former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes, who's now the defensive coordinator out there for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. So the Panthers went out there, did a lot of good things in the draft. They also mm, kind of reached with Mingo and DJ Johnson there, day two. But overall... They got their quarterback, and that was the most important piece of last week at the draft down there in Kansas City. Let's look at the offense first when breaking down the Carolina Panthers' depth chart. Now, quarterback, going to last week, we knew it was Andy Dalton, then Matt Corral, then Jacob Eason. Where would the quarterback they took, number one overall, fit into the depth chart once he first got to Carolina? According to Frank Wright, the Panthers' head coach, Bryce Young, will settle in as the number two guy. So right now... Here on May 3rd, your QB1 is Andy Dalton. Get fired up. Of course, we all understand that Andy Dalton is here to play a role. The role is as mentor and backup and potentially bridge to Bryce Young. At some point in time, Bryce Young is going to be the starter. We do not know when that's going to be. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping it'll be week one. And I'm thinking about the schedule reportedly coming out next week on the 12th. I'm thinking with Houston and Carolina, Already set to play each other here in Charlotte. And with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud going one and two, respectively. And, of course, both of them having a relationship that dates back to growing up in California. That would make a perfect week one matchup in the NFL. Because they got to get the TV eyeballs. You want to drum up the excitement with those two young rookie quarterbacks in their new homes. Week one here in Charlotte. Give it to me. And if that's the case, I want to see Bryce Young out there week one. But it's a process. He's got to come here, he has to be able to to garner the respect of the team, he's got to learn the offense, he has to prove and show that he's ready to go. They're not just going to hand it to him, everyone's in here to compete. And that's important because Matt Corral, someone who has known since March 10th that he was going to not be the starting quarterback and not even be the second string quarterback in Carolina, for whatever reason... He felt some type of way, and we know the reason to do. Got tra- drafted a year ago, gets injured, never gets an opportunity to show improve himself here, and he's gone from someone who could have potentially been the starting quarterback at some point this past fall to QB3 and likely not even the backup here in Carolina if he stays in Carolina until 2024. So he may never get an opportunity to play a meaningful snap at the quarterback position for the Carolina Panthers. He is now the QB3 in Carolina. And the talk was, though, He's come in. He's in great shape. He's ready to compete. So, Matt Corral, go out there and compete. See if you can be the QB too. Because either way, Dalton's going to be on this roster at least this season. But if you can push Dalton and show that you're ready to go and be the backup next season, that is the best case scenario right now for Matt Corral. Either that, were getting traded but you did see the amount of quarterbacks that were drafted this past this past uh, draft the last weekend and people are saying that's the brock purdy effect brock purdy mr irrelevant goes to san francisco gets an opportunity helps him get to the afc title game now people are willing to take a flyer on any quarterback out there that has a ton of college experience matt corrod a ton of college experience but unfortunately here in the nfl here in carolina He certainly is not in the best position. And Jacob Eason, by the way, is also uh, in the quarterback room as a fourth-stream quarterback. Now, looking at running backs – um, pretty much unchanged post-draft. Now there's been some UDFAs that they've signed and they signed Cam, actually one UDFA at least at running back. They signed Cam Peoples from App State. Really good running back there for the Mountaineers the last couple seasons. I know last year was more of a down year for him. I'm assuming, looking at his numbers, that he suffered some injuries because prior to that, he had two seasons where he had 1,100 yards rushing then was just short of 1,000 yards rushing back in 2021. Was instrumental in their, what we thought was an upset. I guess it was that day, in College Station against Texas A&M. Turns out a&M stunk, and App State wasn't that much better anyways. But it was a big win for that program, of course. So, Cam Peoples here in Carolina. Would love to see him get an opportunity. But I talked about the Panthers needing a bruiser. Miles Sanders, I mean, dude, is massive thighs. The two is going to go out there and be really good for the Panthers this year in this offense. Is he your short yardage back? Because You looked at how the Eagles utilized the whole bush push last year or the tush push however you want to describe it with Jalen Hurts like it was unstoppable are the Panthers going to do that with Bryce Young I would think not so they need to go out there and find someone who can be that short yardage back could that be Spencer Brown who of the backs here in Carolina Sanders Hubbard Raheem Blackshear he's the biggest and we talked to Mike Kay last week of the Charlotte Observer and he was saying that the coaching staff a new coaching staff albeit here in Carolina they've like Spencer Brown, maybe he makes this roster, but I would not count out Cam Peoples as someone who have an impact here in Carolina based off what he did up in Boone at App State. Now, looking at wide receiver, now you got C.J. Saunders on the roster, Preston Williams, you got Derek Wright. They signed Josh Vann, a UDFA out of South Carolina. Uh, those four guys, I don't really see them making a the roster. Now, Williams has been been on an active 53 member roster, and he actually has had his moments in the league when he played in Miami, and there was talks of him late last season, although he didn't get an opportunity when that wide receiver core wasn't much to write home about outside of DJ Moore and the flashes that we were seeing from Terrace Marshall in the latter half of the season. Possibly he gets an opportunity. It's hard to see that being the case right now. C.J. Saunders seemed to be a Rule favorite, a guy that Matt Rule brought up all the time as a returner, a guy who could make the team, never made the team. And now that they have Raheem Blackshear as a returner and they brought in Demir Bird, don't really see a home here for C.J. Saunders unless he can go out there and be kind of a Brandon Zilster and a special teams ace. But think of the teams that Brandon Zilster was playing on. Those were five-win football teams, and it's not like he went to Detroit and had a massive impact there for the Detroit Lions this past year. Now, wide receiver, top three guys, in my opinion right now, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall. Behind Thielen, I'm going Shy Smith slash Demir Bird because that's really where the competition is going to be. Thielen, Chark, Marshall Jr., they're on the roster. Mingo, they didn't draft in 39th overall to cut him. LaVishka Chenault looks like he's going to be on the roster. It's between Shai Smith and Demir Bird. And Demir Bird's ability and also the plays he's been able to make in the league, we saw last year in Atlanta firsthand. We also saw it here in Carolina, where, hey, you remember Cam? He's like, that's a little small tushy. Was in there in the back of the end, so got the touchdown. I feel like Demir Bird is the favorite to make the roster over Shai Smith. Now, it always depends on how many guys do they want to take. Do they want to keep six? Do they want to keep seven? I don't think that. Do they want to keep five? It all depends upon that, but Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall, Jonathan Mingo, LaVishka Chenault all feel pretty comfortably on the roster, and I would say Demir Bird on the roster right now with Shai Smith on the outside looking in, and then unfortunately, C.J. Saunders, Saunders Preston Williams, Derek Wright, and Josh Van probably not going to make it. Maybe one of those guys or a couple of those guys can end up on the practice squad. Looking at tight end, they did not add to the tight end position at all uh, through the draft, or so far with undrafted free agents. You got Hayden Hurst as your top tight end. I would have Ian Thomas as that second starting tight end for the Carolina Panthers in 21 personnel. Um, Tommy Trimble right behind them. Then you can kind of debate whether it's Gio Ritchie who played fullback, but also has tight end capabilities and has shown us some things after the catch uh, when he's been in position to actually make plays. And then Stefan Sullivan, who was a wide receiver at LSU converted tight end, still trying to learn the nuances of the position. Does he have a future here in Carolina? And it also comes down. Do they want to have four or five? Do they want to have three? What happens at the roster cutdowns? The fluid roster. We're going to hear all about that over the next couple of months until each of the cutdown, and even after that. The roster is never set. I don't think the Panthers are in a bad position tight end-wise because they do have options. They have guys who have played in actual NFL games. Now, Hayden Hurst, of course, is the best among them as far as being a pass catcher, but there are an intriguing options in Gio Ritchie and Stephon Sullivan who possibly, with this new coaching staff, could reveal themselves to be... Actually, good options for the Carolina Panthers. The offensive line, pretty much set as far as who the starters are. Left tackle, you got Quanu. You got Brady Christensen right now, is starting left guard. Bradley Bozeman starting center. Austin Corbett the starting right guard. Taylor Moten the starting right tackle. Now Corbett. We know he's going to miss some time. Cade Mays seems to be the favorite to step in there at right guard. Output Chandler Zavala, the fourth-round pick out of NC State, behind Brady Christensen as his backup at left guard. He has that relationship with Ike Aquana. They're really good friends. They played next to each other at NC State. Only total five games, but still they have that chemistry. So Zavala is someone who's going to come in and compete with Brady Christensen. You remember Deontay Brown, who... Massive human being. Carolina Panthers took in the sixth round. We always complained about, or a lot of you complained about, oh my God, I cannot believe they went out there. And they got what, Thomas Sullivan, or whatever his name was. Uh, Sanders? Who, who was the dude? And I've already forgot his name. The, the long snapper from Alabama who the Panthers took. And people were saying, oh, they got a long snapper in the sixth round instead of getting Trey Smith. Out of Tennessee. No, 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 no. They took Deontay Brown instead of taking Trey Smith, which we found out was a terrible decision. Deontay Brown didn't make the roster last year. Then he was back on a practice squad, then back on the active roster. And his weight, that's been an issue. But he's still here in Carolina. New coaching staff, maybe a new opportunity. Hard right now to look at him as being someone who's going to make the roster. Uh, Jess McCray would be the backup center to Bradley Bozeman. you got Sam Tecklenburg still here, Tecklenburg County. And then as far as tackle goes, Larnell Coleman, third year out of UMass, would be... Your swing tackle today, I know the Panthers went out there and signed Ricky Lee, UDFA tackle out of A&T, possibly it's an opportunity. If you're a free agent tackle and you're looking for an opportunity to make a roster, Carolina is just, is the place. But again, Scott Fitterer said, we are going to look at every avenue, XFL, USFL, I guess, roster cutdowns. These won't just be the only tackles here in Carolina. I, I hope, fingers crossed. And then Nash Jensen is a guard out of North Dakota State. He's also here as a UDFA. So looking at it, wide receiver, competition, Shai Smith, Demir, Bird, the rest of those guys seem to be pretty solid. Running back, I'm wondering, can Spencer Brown be that short yardage back and make this roster tight in? We'll see what Gio Ritchie and Stephon Sullivan can do. Tommy Trimble is also someone we talked about with Mike K, who potentially could be a trade possibility. And for the love of God, offensive line, go out there, get a veteran swing tackle. Because what you have right now, Larnell Coleman, Ricky Lee, maybe Brady Christensen, if an emergency situ- emergency situation is not what we want heading into 2023, especially with their rookie quarterback and Bryce Young. Because if Icky Aquano or Taylor Bowden go down, Oh, buddy, that's bad news for the Carolina Panthers. So that's the offensive depth chart post-draft. What does the defensive depth chart look like post-draft? We'll go over it here in just a moment on lot on Panthers. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-swept first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-swept first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. So, what's the defensive side of the ball looking like for the Carolina Panthers post draft? They went out there; they added uh, two defensive pieces to on the draft. Yes, we got three off the Yeah, two: uh, Jamie Robinson and DJ Johnson. Both of them welcome to Carolina. But what does it look like as the Carolina Panthers are now heading into OTAs soon, and then mandatory minicamp, then a little break, and then of course training camp? I believe is still down in Spartanburg. Right? Haven't heard any different thing, but uh, we'll find out. I'm sure shortly if it's not already confirmed. All right, looking at defensive tackle, that is a key position group. Now that they've gone to a three-four, now you're thinking, okay, they're gonna need less defensive tackles, but still need to get some depth there behind Derrick Brown or really alongside Derek Brown. They have that. Derek Brown, Shy Tuttle expect to be the starters there. In the middle of that defense, Bravion Roy, he's back. Marquon McCall's is back after really showing some signs last year of a guy who could do something. Marquon McCall, I think now the third-year player. Out of Kentucky, And Deshaun Williams represents the veteran in this room along with Brown and Shai Tuttle. He played in his system last year in Denver with new defensive coordinator, Jero Overo. I also believe Todd Walsh. No, Todd Wash was not there last year in Denver with the Broncos. A so defensive tackle. you got to feel – Pretty solid about Brown, Tuttle, Williams, Roy, and McCall, especially Roy. They played enough football where those are fine depth pieces. You got John Pennicini and Raquan Williams also in that defensive tackle room. Those guys are basically here for camp. Maybe they make the uh, practice squad. Don't see them making the roster right now. But Marquan McCall is someone who went out there and was able to make the roster. When plenty of people like myself looked at him and was like, hey, just another name. McCall made himself into a player and really helped the Carolina Panthers at points last season. So maybe Penasini or Williams can uh, show up. But I think right now defensive tackle, just looking at what they have here, got to feel good about it. Derek Brown just had his fifth-year option exercise playing shy Tuttle, some good money, and he started in the NFC South and New Orleans last couple years, and Deshaun Williams, a veteran player for the Carolina Panthers. Defensive end, this is where there are questions. Brian Burns, you know what you're going to get out of him. Marquise Haynes would be slotted in as the starter. Henry Anderson, situationally going to be somebody in there to stop the run, so don't really put – he's on a depth chart, but I don't necessarily look at him as like a backup because he's not asked to go out there and to be a pass rusher. Brian Burns, Marquise Haynes, those would be your top two pass rushers at the defensive end position. After that – Itor our Now we're now. It's now or never, buddy. Contract year has not shown nearly enough. Had a great game in Buffalo. And then outside of that, it, he's either been injured or just has really underperformed and underwhelming here in Carolina. Amari Barno, a guy who has a ton of traits out of Virginia Tech, was a solid player with the Hokies back in the ACC. Didn't get to see a lot of them last year, I do think especially now with this coaching staff, that he's someone who could take a next step. I'm not saying this year, but maybe next year we could really see that. I'm really hoping that Armari Bono can come out here and show us something in this upcoming season and maybe get a sack or two. Now, DJ Johnson, he's a big-time project. The Panthers absolutely reached to go out there and get him. And that's not to say that in due time – he can turn into the kind of player the Panthers believe that they were taking and potentially developing when they traded up to 80 there in the third round on Friday night. Not saying it's not possible for DJ Johnson. As far as expectations this year, they should be low, if not non existent, just based off of kind of what they said in his production back in college at Oregon and him still trying to learn the position as an edge rusher now at the highest level. In the NFL, Kobe Jones, Jalen Redman, who is the defensive end, UDFA out of Oklahoma, also round out the defensive end group, Burns, Haynes, Anderson, Barno, Johnson. You're thinking all those guys are going to be on the roster. I would say Gross Matos is the one who could be in trouble with a new coaching staff. It's not the general manager who drafted him, because, again, he's remember, he's from 2020. Not general manager who drafted him. And he's been very underwhelming. And the Panthers could still go out and get veterans like a Jadavion Clowney. They could go out there and get a uh, Leonard Floyd. That position group definitely needs a veteran edge rusher. So when you think about that, Gross Matos, formally a second-round pick. Maybe they can trade him and get something for him. He's someone who's going to be on the roster bubble if they bring in a veteran and might already be on the roster bubble post-draft right now. Linebacker. I'm going to need some depth here. Shaq Thompson, Frankie Lubu, the top two guys there. you got Kamu Gruyere-Hill, who's going to come in and be a special teams ace, but also a backup. Uh, Brandon Smith with an opportunity to take the next step. And, again, new coaching staff, see how he's able to develop. Aaron Mosby and Chandler Wooten, both in that linebacker room. Now, linebacker is a position where the Carolina Panthers spent. A decent amount of resources in UD, with UDFA with UDFAs bring him in. You got Eku Leota and Jerez Moore, both of those guys outside linebackers. Um, one from Auburn Liota is, and then Moore is from let's see, he is from Arizona State. Then inside linebackers you got Austin Ajayke from UNLV, and then Bumper Pool from Arkansas, who came in for a top 30 visit. And is someone who I think will make this roster just looking at the players out there. And the reason why he didn't make he didn't get drafted, which also, if you're not gonna get drafted early, like in like fourth round, fifth round, um, then you so like obviously the first five rounds. So you want to get drafted in first, second, third. But if you're on day three, if you're not getting taken in the fourth to fifth round, the best thing for you is probably not to get drafted at all. So you can choose where you can go. And bumper pull is Definitely one of those guys. I imagine the Carolina Panthers are paying a decent amount of money to be here in Carolina. I imagine he had other suitors out there, but he came to Carolina for top 30 visit. The Panthers obviously have a need at inside linebacker, and you look at college, he was a much better player in the SEC than Brandon Smith was at Penn State, and he was better than Chandler Wooten when Wooten was at Auburn. He has an opportunity, I think, to come in here and actually make the roster, and the Panthers really could use it. I don't know... If they're going to add more guys. Now, of course, roster cutdowns. Maybe they find some people out there. But right now, it looks like the group of 10 linebackers they have here are the group of linebackers that they're going to have heading into training camp unless someone gets cut and they find someone else on the street who could be a veteran. Um, corner, going into the draft, brought it up. JC, Dante, love both of them dearly. I got to have you guys healthy. <laughs> we really need you guys to stay healthy because when you're not, everything – and I mean everything falls apart in a secondary. J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson coming back as a QB or CB one, CB two, the top two corners. Eric Rowe looking like your third guy right now. I'm not quite sure whether he can play in the slot or not. That would be something the Panthers uh, would absolutely need. C.J. Henderson, who had his fifth year option uh, declined on Monday, he's back here. Stan Thomas Oliver been more of a special teams guy. Um, I imagine that's how he's going to have to make the roster again. And Keith Taylor uh, struggled. And it was really jarring that Steve Wilkes, as an interim in his final game in Carolina, decided to start Josh Norman, who in a way, maybe it's not that alarm, but still didn't really make a lot of sense why the Panthers would allow that to happen when Keith Taylor had somewhat of a future here in Carolina. Is it past 2024? Is it past, you know, this upcoming uh, training camp? I I don't know. But Keith Taylor is still on this roster. They brought in guys like Herb Miller. Uh, then you have a couple of UDFAs Colby Richardson uh, from LSU. You got Mark Milton, uh, Ray Wright, who are all going to try and make this roster in Carolina. Uh, and I would, I, Jamie Robinson, I got him listed as safety. I'll get to that here momentarily. You could throw him in there as someone to play nickel, which is still in the secondary. But looking corner, it seems to be set right now. They got the veteran Eric Rowe. They drafted someone, Jamie Robinson, who complained to nickel. And. You really just need Henderson in his fourth year, step up and play better. Keith Taylor in his third year, step up and play better. Thomas Oliver also in his fourth year. You're not going to expect him to play a lot. Like They have enough experience, I think, in that room. It's just about guys staying healthy and then guys performing, especially the depth pieces in the cornerback room. Looking at safety... Von Bell is going to be a starter. Xavier Woods is going to be a starter. I got Jeremy Chin. He's going to start. He's going to play somewhere. I'm just going to list him as a safety right now because that's how he's listed on the website. He's basically jack of all trades. Uh, then behind them, Sam Franklin. And I still believe Sam Franklin has not signed his uh, RFA tender. He was, again, someone who's a really key, a special teams guy the last couple of years. And they want him back here. He may want more snaps actually as an opportunity to play safety. That's possible. When you look at it, where it's just Von Bell, Xavier Woods, and Jeremy Chen, if they need him to go back there, but really, it's those, and maybe Jamie Robinson, it's those two. So there was an opportunity for Sam Franklin to be able to play as a backup safety if they need him to. Those three: Von uh, Bell, Xavier Woods, Jeremy Chin. You got Sam Franklin, Jamie Robinson, who can again play nickel, but is listed right now on the website as a safety. Was drafted as a safety. Miles Thorne. Uh, the Charlotte Kid from uh, North Carolina and he got Nico Bolden who they draft who they took as a UDFA and that wraps up the safety group. So overall defensive tackle feel like they're good there defensive end please God bring in a veteran edge rusher linebacker. there's an opportunity for a guy like bumper pool corner it's just be healthy and step up for the depth guys and safety. Uh, they may want to add another one. I think overall they're probably good there. And defensively, the Panthers—they went out there. They 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 fill the holes with free agents like Shai Tuttle and Deshaun Williams. I'm going out there and, and bringing in a Kamu Your Hill to be a backup. And you look at the secondary, bringing Eric Rose, the third corner, and then getting Von Bell. Like they they did most of their work on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, during free agency, not so much, though, in the draft. Of course, only taking two guys, and one of them, Johnson, don't imagine he has that big of an impact in Carolina. I would think that this year, Jimmy Robinson has an opportunity to absolutely get on the field early. As an older player who was really good at Florida State the last two years, as a first-team All-ACC player, as a safety, who can, of course, also play in the nickel. We got some number changes here in Carolina. Does that mean that a player who's getting a different number is no longer going to be here? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on on Panthers. I really hope none of y'all went out there and bought any Bryce Young number one uniforms over the weekend. I saw that they were on sale and I was just thinking, oh, please, God, no, wait, wait, wait. Typically, I want to say when a guy gets drafted, of course, at the draft, they're going to hold up, you know, number one. And then I think when they get introduced is when they usually actually have the uniform of the number they're going to wear. Now, Bryce Young, when he was introduced on Friday, had the number one. I was just sitting here wondering, okay, is he actually going to wear number one? Remember Cameron Jarrell Newton wore that? His best quarterback in franchise history. And I don't think that is the smartest thing to do right now, even if you believe Bryce Young can win Super Bowls. I'm speaking to you, David Tepper. I didn't think it would be the smartest thing to give Bryce Young Cam's number. And that also already places the um, even more expectation than the already immense expectation as he has. Cam Newton went to a national championship with Auburn, played in the SEC, Uh Heisman Trophy winner. Now, Bryce went to a national championship, didn't win it, Heisman Trophy winner, played at all at uh, 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 sorry, Alabama. So, a lot of similarities there both number one picks here in Carolina. Not no 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 no. Bryce Young cannot wear number 1. And Bryce Young will not wear number 1. He'll wear number 9. But isn't that Matt Corral's number? Someone DM'd me on Tuesday wondering, um, Bryce Young's going to wear number nine. What does that mean for Matt Corral's future? Uh, What it means is Matt Corral went back to number two because DJ Moore is no longer here in Carolina. Remember, he got traded to Chicago so they could trade up to get Bryce Young. Yeah, Matt Corral is going to wear number two, the number he wore at Ole Miss. So, Matt Corral gets to wear the number he wants to wear. Bryce Young gets to wear the number he wants to wear. And there's nothing more to it. We already know what the future hold right now for Matt Corral. It's him as the third-string quarterback. As I said earlier, go out there, compete with Andy Dalton, and show that you can be a backup or possibly someone who could get traded for some sort of asset at all for Carolina. I would think right now, just keep him here. Keep him here. Develop him because there's nothing wrong. With, and I had someone ask me this. Why can't the Panthers look at Matt Corral and Bryce Young both as rookie quarterbacks to develop? Well, in a way, I understand what you're saying. Okay, they're both young quarterbacks. They both need to develop. And the best thing for the organization is that the both of them are as good as they can be. And obviously, Bryce Young's going to be the starter. They did not draft number one to end up starting Matt Corral. There have been situations where a guy's been drafted and the other guy behind him ends up being a dude. We saw it happen in Washington with Robert Griffin III and Kirk Cousins, and RG3 is now on TV, and Kirk Cousins is now playing and making millions still, and RG3 is doing just fine. And there's obviously a lot more nuanced situation with the injuries that went on there in Washington uh, with that situation. I don't look at that happening here in Carolina or being the same kind of scenario. Um, for Bryce Young, he's going to be the starter. But for Matt Corral, come out of here compete. And if Matt Corral can turn himself into a viable backup – that's a good thing for the Carolina Panthers. Now, after his rookie year is done, his, his rookie deal is done following the 2024 season. Wait, no, 2025 season. He has a decision to make saying if he's still here in Carolina, does he want to stay here and be a backup or does he want to get an opportunity elsewhere? And I would imagine he want to get an opportunity elsewhere. In the meantime, the Panthers, absolutely, as that person asked me, should be investing in the both of them. It's in the best interest of the franchise. If Bryce Young goes down, you want to have a capable. Backup. I had someone say, well, now that Bryce Young is here in Carolina, the Panthers better make sure that they have a really good backup. Well, yeah, that should have been the plan no matter who you drafted or who the quarterback was. You don't want your season to be completely derailed because your top guy gets injured. You don't want that to happen. There's obviously going to be a drop-off. You look at guys like Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes goes down. There's a massive drop-off. I don't know who the backup is right now in KC. I know Chad Henney retired. There's going to be a massive drop-off there. If, um, let's see, Aaron Rodgers gets injured in New York. Massive drop-off. Zach Wilson, terrible. We understand that the backup is a backup for a reason. But it's nice to have a Bridgewater who's shown in the past that he can be a very good backup like he did New Orleans before he was signed here in Carolina. It's nice and you have a Derek Anderson like we had for all those years here in Carolina who's shown that he's a very good backup, and when called upon, he can help you win football games. That's what you should want for Matt Corral while he's here in Carolina, to show that when given the opportunity, if ever given the opportunity, he can come out here and help the team win football games. But make no mistake, Bryce Young is the guy. So Bryce is wearing number nine. Matt's wearing number two. There's nothing to make of any of that at all. But Jamie Robinson, by the way, on Tuesday became the first of the Panthers' five draft picks to sign his rookie deal, a four-year deal. So congratulations to Jamie Robinson and congratulations to his aging. It certainly seemed like Jamie was ready to get that money, waiting for that uh, direct deposit to hit so he can go out there and uh, start living that good life. So welcome to Carolina, Jamie Robinson, and congratulations on... On that, and I guess Happy Mother's Day to his mama because uh, son just got paid. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Painters Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council again y'all subscribe or follow for free on youtube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast and be sure to check me out on twitter at julian council where on fridays i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions either at me or dm me on twitter at julian council in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and i'll talk to y'all on thursday